Good morning and welcome to our sunrise experience here at All Nation San Bernardino. We are so excited that you have joined us for such a special day. One of the things I absolutely love about Easter is time with family. And we hope that you have gathered your close. And even though it's going to be very different from what you're used to, we can still praise God together and invite his presence right there in the comfort of our homes. Let's jump into the word today. Many of you all know that we have four short ones at home. And one of our shortest ones is Sherman Dumas III. He absolutely loves music. He will go in the living room, he turns on the piano, and he gets his little beat going, and it is so loud. The funny thing about it, though, is that even though it seems really, really loud in the moment, many of us, or everybody who lives in my house, we get so used to it that we absolutely cannot hear it. To the point where when guests come over, they're like looking around because we have completely tuned it out. Here's the problem with that. Many of us treat Easter in that same way. It's a noise that comes once a year. It's a celebration that comes once a year. It's decorations. It's going with emotions. It's maybe even attending an extra service. It's maybe getting up super early in the morning, but it's out of form and it's out of fashion. It's become a message that we've completely tuned out. And so this year for Easter at this sunrise time, I literally want you to allow the same earthquake that happened at the tomb to shake you out of complacency. I want you to consider that this is the first time that you've ever experienced Easter. Let it be your first time hearing about the cross. Let it be your first time hearing about those three long days. Let it be your first time imagining the emptiness of that tomb. Don't allow this year to go by and you tune it out and not actually live in that moment. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. This is nothing to become common with. This is nothing to celebrate once a year. This is something that we celebrate every single day. And today, I want you to have your very first resurrection experience. Today, I want you to open your heart. I want you to open up your ears. I want you to open up your eyes and hear it like it's your first time, like you're sitting on the edge of your seat because it's a story that's that powerful. It's a story that we should never tune out. It's a story that we never get tired of. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. When I look at Mark chapter 16, it's just one version of the gospel of this glorious day that we celebrate as Resurrection Sunday. Mark 16 and verse 1 says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices, and they might come and that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, 
who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled, and yet they were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone because all of a sudden they were afraid. It then says that now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with them as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and he had been seen by her, they did not believe. And after that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. And in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. For many of us, even listening to that story, we were wondering, well, how much exactly of the story is she going to read? And it's funny because it's only in church where we think people read too much scripture. But it really is the basis of why we are here. This message of casting out devils, this message of speaking in tongues, this message of making disciples is the Easter message. I want to talk a little bit about exploring this concept of being productive in the dark. I have, I talked to you about my youngest, but I have an oldest too. And he is, um, he's an interesting guy. Um, his job at home is to take out the trash. He lo he'll take out the trash, not an issue. He sees that it's full and a lot of times he just shows the initiative and he'll take it out. But let me tell you where he stumbles is when the trash gets full and it's dark. Because when it's dark outside, he hesitates and kind of looks around to see if anyone is even going to ask him to take it out. Because many of us, we are hesitant to do things that we know that we're supposed to do, to do things that we know we know how to do, to do things that are our responsibility to do. But when it gets a little dark, 
all of the sudden, we're a little hesitant. But isn't this just like the women that we saw on this first Easter morning? These women, they were just a little hesitant. When we look at John chapter 20, verse 1 of this same story, it actually says that they arrived at the tomb a little dark. It was a little dark when they arrived at the tomb. And the funny thing about that is it's not that it wasn't a new day. They just hadn't seen the manifestation of the light of the new day. And so what they had to do was they had to start moving in the dark. They had to start walking in the dark. They had to wake up in the dark. They had to collect the spices in the dark. And when we see that they arrived at this tomb on this very first Easter Sunday morning, there was an absence of peace. Yeah, I said an absence of peace. Him, they went to see the peace giver. They went to see the peacemaker, and there was no peace. They didn't come in faith. They came out of respect, but they did not come in faith. They brought fragrances to anoint a dead body. The dead body of a man who promised him that he would die and rise again on the third day. So we appreciate your respect. We appreciate your honor. We appreciate your love, but you did not believe. Because if they believed, they would have came and brought that man a God an Easter Sunday meal. They would have came and brought him something to eat. They wouldn't have come to anoint his dead body. Think about the trauma that they went through in this darkness. This darkness didn't just start for them that day. This darkness started for them on Friday. This darkness started for them as they saw in horror, in terror, their savior, their rabbi, their teacher hanging on a cross. It was dark. The effects of the dark, they even go beyond terror. The effects of the dark also, they transition to bewilderment. Have you ever been in the dark and just been confused? Think about this. If we are looking at the story of Jesus, the risen Savior, what did that darkness look like on Friday? The crucifixion was the opposite of a sign and a wonder. So we sing now miracles, signs, and wonders. But on that Friday, there was no miracle. On that Friday, there was no sign. On that Friday, there was no wonder. And Saturday, they were silenced to be still on the Sabbath. And so they weren't going through a short period of darkness. They were going through days of darkness. And they had to figure out how to pull themselves together. That might be you today. 
And you say, I'm, I'm living in darkness, and this darkness, it hasn't paralyzed me, or maybe the darkness has paralyzed you, but no matter what it is, you've got to figure out how to move in the dark. You've got to figure out how to stand in the dark. You've got to figure out how to put your hands to the plow and not take them off in the dark. How many of you know that the world we live in today, it is void of peace. People are losing their literal minds. It's chaos. It's worry. It's anxiety. It's terror. It's confusion. And we feel forsaken because it's dark. And when it's dark, you sometimes can't see the other people in the room. And so darkness produces isolation. Darkness produces rejection. Darkness produces this feeling that I'm all alone and I've been abandoned. This Easter story didn't start off with joy. This Easter story didn't start off with shopping. This Easter story didn't start off with creative teams and production. This Easter story started in the dark. And now that everything was gone, they were expected to move in the dark. The trip to that tomb was so long that that trip had to have started in the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night is between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And so in that watch of the night, the roughest part of that watch is when these women had to pick up their tears. They had to bottle up their disappointment. They had to bottle up everything that had been shattered and pull together those broken pieces and take that trip to the tomb. As darkness looms over our nation on this glorious Easter Sunday morning, it's probably more befitting that at this time, people are struggling to keep hope. People are struggling to keep the faith. People are struggling because right now, what we see on the outside, it does not rest well with what we know on the inside. This is the feeling. This is what they knew on Easter Sunday morning. And so now we get to be merry. And now we get to respond. And now we get to make a decision of exactly what we'll do in the dark. It was removed from their thoughts what the promise was. And how many of you know that when we don't understand something, we try to rationalize it? We try to make sense of it? And it keeps going in John chapter 20 in that version of the story. And it keeps going and it begins to talk about how Mary didn't recognize Jesus. Which is twisted to me because I'm like, but y'all been rolling for so long. She probably literally could count like the scars on his body. She could literally realize who he was, but yet and still they say she didn't recognize him. She didn't recognize him. Not because she was unfamiliar with him. She didn't recognize him because she wasn't looking for him. 
And because she wasn't looking for him, that's the only reason why she did not recognize him. And so it's not where is our God, but the question is, are you opening up your eyes and looking for him? He has not forsaken us. He would never leave us in the dark. He would never leave us without answers. He would never leave us questioning what he's doing. But what he's saying is open up your eyes. I don't leave my children. I don't break promises. And I never walk away from those who I have committed to. And so as you sit on this very different Easter Sunday morning, you don't ask where he is. You start looking for him. You look for him in opportunity. You look for him in the dark. You look for him until you see the light. You look for him in creativity. You look for him in new ideas. You look for him in reconciliation amongst families. You look for him in his ability to raise up and cultivate inside of you the things that he has put on the inside of you. Mary didn't have a problem seeing. She had a problem believing. And so she rationalized a believable possibility. Even when she was surrounded by evidence of the resurrection, she saw resurrection evidence all around her. And you know what her go-to was? They stole the body. Wait a minute. (laughs) So you mean to tell me that he told you exactly what he was going to do? He told you how this was going to go down. He told you about Friday. He told you about Saturday. And he even told you about Sunday. But with evidence of resurrection sprinkled all around you, you rationalize that he is not who he said he is. But he says, I am God and I will not lie. I do not lie. I shall bring forth what it is that I have promised to you. And so on this Easter Sunday morning, I challenge you to open your eyes. Don't be paralyzed by the darkness. What is evidence of resurrection? You are evidence of resurrection. You've seen him do it before. You are evidence because he carried you, some of you, when you were at risk of 9-11. He carried you through the H1N1. He carried you through anthrax. He carried you through cancer. He carried you through disease. He carried you through an attempted abortion. He carried you through childhood trauma. He carried you through rape. He carried you through molestation. What is the evidence of the resurrection of our Savior? You are the evidence of the resurrection. You are the evidence. And so standing in the midst of evidence, because it's not like she didn't have evidence. And he's probably looking and he's like, wait a minute. (laughs) I gave you all the clues. I told you exactly what would happen. Her closed mind caused her to close off the miraculous 
the evidence of the resurrection had her standing in the middle of a miracle and she didn't know it. But I don't know about you, but on this Easter Sunday morning, I can feel the breaking of a new day. I feel the breaking of a new day. I feel like there's darkness all around, but the darkness is not an indicator that a new day has begun. The darkness is an indicator that we are on the brink of what he's bringing to us because what is the resurrection? The resurrection is the light. What is the resurrection? The resurrection is your ability to not let darkness convince you that the light won't come. But sometimes as we stand in the midst of darkness, darkness can be more convincing than the light. It's still a new day. The light's just on its way. I challenge you to be able to transition before you see the sun. Can you transition in your confession? Can you transition in what you are believing? Can you transition in what you're thinking? Can you transition in what you are walking in light of? But many of us, we've become completely paralyzed. The funny thing about it is we call this story the good news. But we know more about CNN than we actually know about the good news. It doesn't matter what the report of the Lord, the Lord is when you're looking at what the report report of the world is. Yes, it doesn't matter what the report of the Lord is. If what you're looking at is what the report of the world is, you've got to close your eyes, close your ears, and not be ignorant, but do not allow for the report of the world to play in your house, to play in your car, more than you declare what God is saying. I can only imagine what the Marys did between Friday, Saturday, and early Sunday morning. They didn't have CNN, but there were many people talking. There were reports that they had followed the wrong one. There were reports that everything that they believed was now obsolete. They had listened to the chatter and the chatter and the chatter and the chatter of the darkness in just three short days began to overtake what they knew, what they experienced and what they seen. Don't let this dark season rob you of what you know your God to be. It's been three short weeks and don't you let these three short weeks come against your life with him. Don't you let these three short weeks overcome what you know. You know that he's a God of miracles. You know that he's a way maker. You know that he's a peacekeeper. You know that he's a healer. You know he's a deliverer. And now you have the opportunity to stand in this darkness. These women, they came and they didn't just come to anoint him. They came to bury their hope. They were done. No more hope. They came to say bye to the dream that they had been following for all this time. They came to cry, Kleenex on deck. They claimed to came to mourn. Why? Because they were defeated. The truth of the resurrection is the yes 
to the world's no. The world has said no to many things that we believe, but the resurrection says yes. The world said you can't live forever, but the resurrection says, oh, yes, you can. The world says that you have to live with the defeat, but the resurrection says that you have the victory. The world says that Jesus is a hopeless end, but the resurrection says that I serve a king who makes me enthusiastic about my future. Why? Because the world's job is to come against what you know the kingdom is. The world speaks death. The world speaks corruption. The world speaks chaos. And now what does the resurrection say? I feel the resurrection say I can feel the breaking of day. And the breaking of day is coming our way. The breaking of day is coming in the light. The breaking of day is coming on the hills of darkness. The resurrection it's funny about it because they argue about so many things having to do with the Christ. And when it comes to the resurrection, funny thing about it is that it cannot be explained. However, at the same time, it cannot be explained away. And so when we have this power living on the inside of us, we literally live with the light. So you feel like the darkness is overtaking you Open up your eyes, open up your mouth, because everything that's going to grow needs the light. Every plant, every person needs the light. You cannot grow without the light. In his light, we come alive. Many people feel like they are depressed. Many people feel confused, lack of direction, but if you become sensitive to the light, the people who came to the tomb that morning, they were preoccupied with what had happened. So preoccupied that they couldn't recognize in that moment what was happening. And so if you can forget what happened for the sake of what's happening, then you just might be ready to dance in the light. Then you just might be ready to walk in the light. Then you just might be ready to have victory in the light. Why? Because he has called us to be light. He has called us to transmit light. Mark 16 and 7 we back all the way up to the beginning of this. It says something very crucial. And when I read it, I'm like, wow. And it said, he has gone before you into Galilee. He has gone before you into Galilee. Many people, they feel like this was so unexpected. This is so much different than what we thought 2020 was going to be like. This is opposite of what we felt like he was saying at the beginning of the year. Take me back to 2019 or shoot me forward to 2021. But I don't want to go nowhere except for where I'm standing right now. Why? Because I know he went before me and because he goes before me and just like he went to Galilee I know 
that this is exactly where he has me. I know that this is exactly that the plan that he has for me. And so I will open up my eyes because I refuse to go anywhere where he has not gone. And so the same women who were so afraid that they absolutely could not say anything when they said that he has gone before you into Galilee, they opened up their mouth. Because see, when you have the light, then you open up your mouth and you don't depend on your resource. You don't depend on your smarts. You don't depend on your revelation. You don't depend on what you know to do, but you open up your mouth and you depend on the light. Two years ago, I missed Easter Sunday. I knew that it was a possibility that I may miss Easter Sunday. And at the time, I had lived on this earth 36 years and had never missed an Easter Sunday. And I had um, the last short person on the week of Easter. And so, of course, with wisdom, amen, I stayed home. Many of us, we feel like we've been robbed of the Easter season. We've done an outreach as a church for 10 years, 11, 11 years. And all those years, Easter meant giving to my community. Easter meant hundreds coming into the kingdom, not in a worship experience, but in the middle of a field somewhere under God's open sky. Easter meant to me telling the story to children who the real story, who would hear it for the first time. I was shook with the reality that once again, I would miss Easter. But as I sat two years ago at home, just me and my baby, I realized the same thing that many of us need to come to the realization of this year. And that is that you cannot miss Easter when you open up your eyes to the resurrection. You cannot miss Easter because Easter is not in a service. Easter is not in what you're used to. Easter is not in the traditions that you have raised up in the name of him. Easter is not what you want it to be, but Easter is the resurrection. And if you think that some type of isolation, you think that social distance can rob us of the resurrection, then you in fact have missed Easter. But guess what? This is not the first year that you've missed it. You've missed Easter year after year after year after year after year after year. Why? Because Easter is our risen king. John 20, we move on to verse 19. It tells the story of a disciple who missed Easter. Thomas is known to many of us as doubting Thomas. But it wasn't just his doubt. It was that what he lived for all this time, when he finally got the chance to be faced with it, he missed the appearance of the Christ after his resurrection. Why? Because he was looking for evidence. Many of us, we've collected so 
much evidence against what God is doing that we are about to miss exactly what he is doing. And so you've done all of this work. You've made all of these commitments. You've come to all these experiences. You've read all this scripture. You've given to all these revivals and you still are at risk for missing the actual seeing the viewing of him after his resurrection. Guess what? He lives. Guess what? He's risen. Guess what? He's here. Why? Because it's not about what we made it. Even doubting Thomas did not get to experience what everybody else experienced. Why? Because he was looking for the wrong evidence. One of the worst things about missing Easter that year was hearing about what I missed. It's almost joy when you miss an event and people come back and tell you it was whack, right? Because you're like, whew, I feel like I didn't miss nothing. But when they come back and tell you about this powerful experience, then you feel like I really missed it. Many Christians around America you're really missing it. If you feel like we cannot harvest souls in the way that God wants us to, you're really missing it. If you feel like he's left us, you're really missing it. If you feel like he doesn't have a plan, you're really missing it. If you feel like his hand of protection is not on us, you're really missing it. I challenge you this year, don't miss Easter. It may look completely different than what you're used to, and that's okay. But one of the things that will not change is the power of the story of a resurrected king. You can be here watching today, but it doesn't matter. If you don't allow him in your heart, you're a million miles away. You're going to miss Easter. God will meet you where you are. He will change your life. And I'm not talking about like a salvation call. I'm not talking about, oh, I wasn't a believer and now I'm a believer. I am literally talking about allowing him to change your life. I don't care if you've already said the prayer of salvation. He still needs to change your life. If you are living without hope, he wants to change your life. If you are living in anxiety, he wants to change your life. If you are living in despair, he wants to change your life. That's the resurrection. The resurrection is that things that die can live again. The resurrection is a story of a family who lost what they thought they would never get back. The resurrection is a story of God giving you purpose. If you're living outside of knowing why you're walking this earth, you're missing Easter. Easter is all about God coming and giving you his resurrection, about him giving you purpose. You don't have to live a life without purpose. Why? Because the resurrection is here. We like to read the story. I think it ends at the empty tomb, but it doesn't end at the empty tomb. 
he keeps going and he says, I am calling you. And what I want you to do as a response to my resurrection is I want you to go. I don't need you to put together baskets. I don't need you to put on fancy clothes. I don't even need you necessarily to throw me a big celebration. I just need you to go. I don't care. I don't care what it is that you've made as the traditions of man. I'm just asking you to go. As a sign that you believe in the resurrection, I want you to go. Go. Make disciples. Go. And tell the good news. Go. Don't be paralyzed. Open up your mouth and tell the world about a Savior who lives. Open up your mouth and let the resurrection power flow from your lips. Open up your mouth and let rivers of living water come out of your belly this is the resurrection this is the resurrection the resurrection is the real story that with the path that you were going down that it doesn't matter you think they wanted to talk about the seven demons that he cast out of her just for fun no what he's telling you today is I don't care how many demons you have I don't care what you've struggled with it's completely nothing in the face of resurrection. You think that this darkness is something? I've conquered the darkness. I've conquered it with my resurrection. I've conquered it with life. And now, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do this Easter? Are you gonna cry at the empty tomb? Are you gonna cry at the empty parking lots of churches? Are you gonna cry because we close our doors? Or will you open up your mouth and be the resurrection? Will you open up your mouth? Will you send a text right now? Will you make a call right now? Will you open up your mouth and deliver the real story of Easter? Why? Because the real story is that he wants to give you peace. He wants to give you a purpose. He wants to give you power. He wants to give you power. He wants to give you power. You have something great to share. You have a story. You have a story worth listening to. And it's a resurrection story. Let this year be the last year that you let this story play in your ear like it's my baby playing loud on the piano and I've tuned it out. Open up your ears. He's yelling the resurrection to you. He's seeding the resurrection in your belly. He's giving the resurrection to your heart. He's giving you the words so that you can speak resurrection right there in your home. Come on and gather together with your loved ones and live the resurrection that he's called us to. If you had the cure to cancer, you would never keep silent. If you had the cure to cancer, you would go to every cancer patient you knew and you would share that cure with them. You would begin to write cancer facilities. You would begin to fly all over this nation and you would begin to duplicate that cure for cancer. Why would you do it for cancer and you won't do it for Jesus? 
Why would you do it for cancer and re uh, restoring of people's sales, but you won't do it for the restoring of their hearts? I have news for you. It's the breaking of a new day. 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 It's the breaking of doubt. It's the breaking of fear. It's the breaking of complacency. It's the breaking of a new day. It's the breaking. 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 It's the bre